Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here for your host this fine Tuesday evening. It is episode 169. Super, super excited to be here. I guess when it's episode 269, we'll have to actually bring women into this. What do you think, Mark? Uh, I guarantee doubles a pleasure. <laughs> we'll definitely have some fun with that. So obviously, Seat Time brought to you by the fine folks over at Fly Racing. They are super, super big supporters of us. Really appreciate them being on board. Kenda Tire. Obviously, huge supporter. They've got the badass rubbers that you need to be putting on your sled, and if not, you should be, so go check them out. And, of course, Stillwell Performance. We're going to recap everybody a little bit later in the show. Um, obviously, we do not want to skip over our sponsors. They're fantastic people. So you're watching Seat Time. We are the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. You can find our website at seattime.co in case you found this by podcast or you're on YouTube. Of course, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. That's how you find out about the live events, everything that goes on there. And then you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on the Twitters. You can find us on all the social networks out there. So definitely pay attention, have fun with it, and uh, I think that's what we're going to try to do tonight. So you guys are like, who is this awesome, sexy, handsome man on the couch with me tonight? This is Mr. Mark McDonald. So what's going on, Mark? Man, I'm just glad to be here, Brian. You ready to have some fun? Oh, uh, we're going to have a blast. Well, I like it. Yeah, so uh, Mark got it. Mark and I go way back on the dirt bike world, but he got a chance to uh, mechanic for Paul Bolton. Bolts, as I, I believe you've Bolts. come to know him, uh, this past weekend at X Games. So once we get a chance to talk to all the, the medal winners, we'll talk about our experiences a little bit, but that's going to be good times for sure. So let's just get to it. Our gold medal winner from the men's Endurocross this past weekend at X Games is Mr. Mike Brown, and we've luckily enough have him on the phone. So, Mike, how's it going over there after basketball practice uh, it's going uh it's going great yeah just uh you know i've been in nashville the last couple of days with john eric the president of ktm doing some things and uh it's really good to be get the gold medal this weekend <laughs> yeah i i have a feeling um now mark you probably attested this you, you could tell that mike was so excited when he got that win that he he fist pumped and then he like kind of freaked out a little and then he's like you know what I'm gonna throw my bike that's happening like he kind of Absolutely. didn't know how excited Absolutely. to be so what was going through your mind when that happened and you crossed the uh, the checker you got the checker flag and got the gold medal uh, everything it was good you know like uh, you know first of all to win another one like that's what I was thinking then I won another gold medal you know everything has gone on that whole week you know my son getting hurt just a bit of everything you know just been a two years since I won a gold medal and you know after you win one you think you never win another one and this is my third one and just couldn't believe believe it's uh you know i got another gold medal and still yeah. sink in yet um do you know is there any competitor out there in the x games in enduro cross kind of specifically obviously i think in the x games it would be that you might be twice their age Oh, I'm sure, yeah, there's kids out there 16 years old. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close to past their age, but the, the, I don't feel my age, and that's, I guess that's the main thing. That's that's what I love about it is when you, you know, watching you race throughout the years, you know, I was not old enough. Uh, I'm, I'm 35, so I wasn't old enough to kind of like be cognizant, if you will, when there was a TV on when you were racing and winning on the 125. But watching you now, and, and I have for the past couple of years, you could just see the light and how excited you are when you're riding your motorcycle, and that is what I could tell that there's that fire inside still. Uh, yeah, he, he's always had that fire. Uh, Mike and I met back at a <laughs> race in Tyler, Texas, when he was on 125s, and uh, 
he about rode the wheels off that thing, man. I mean, it was just crazy how hard he pushed. And uh, I talked to Mike after the race this week, and he was real emotional about it. He was, uh, it had been a tough week for him. He worked real hard for it, and he earned it. Yeah. Man, and, and, and obviously we don't need to get into too many specifics because it's a family matter and stuff, but th- so you did have kind of, kind of some, some family matters to deal with with one of your sons getting hurt kind of leading up to X Games? Yeah, he was playing basketball the week before a big tournament, and uh, you know, it was a couple minutes left, and he was running down the court and tripped on the guy's leg pretty hard and broke his femur, you know, and he's all good and great, but I was just up with him every night, and uh, you know, we were going to bed at 3 or 4 in the morning, you know, making sure he was comfortable, and that was the main goal all week, I didn't really, you know, have had all my tensions in racing, but, you know, first my kid, you know, right now the broken leg, it comes first, and, you know, it's uh, got to the race, and I just... Actually, I wasn't feeling it. You know, I felt good riding. The hot laps was good and all that. But coming to the main, I told my manager, I think, I don't think I can finish the race. I just didn't feel good. I was just tired. I felt sleepy. I just wasn't there. And uh took a few goo packs with caffeine in them. And I think it kicked in a little bit before the race. So uh it's got me to the finish. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to, to ask a couple different riders is I noticed Cody Webb came out. Uh It looked like Colton Haker was going to have an awesome hole shot which he did but then unfortunately right in that that first left-hand turn he kind of lost it in the rocks and that's where you and cody went by and then cody kind of took off for a little bit and then all of a sudden it seemed like cody started making a couple tiny mistakes made a little bit bigger one in the rocks and once you got past them you really started to pull away um and so with that do you think it was maybe those caffeine goo packs or was it like holy shit i'm in the lead now i gotta make sure i put some time on this guy yeah, that was it. Uh, when I got near Cody, I thought his bike was still running. And I thought, man, he'll take off. I didn't really want to go outside and get stuck. And then Taylor passed me, and then Cody was gone. So I decided to sit there for a second. I noticed his bike wasn't running. I seen him kicking it. So I said, i got to go around him now to get in front of him. And then I did that. Luckily, I got, didn't get stuck and got around him. And I said, now i got to put two hard laps in to get a bit of a gap here and, and it might make the race the rest of the race a little bit easier. But uh you know, that's what I did. I mean, got, a, got away from Cody there, and then, um, you know, Taylor made a charge at the end there. You know, I kind of, the last lap, kind of just rode cautious to the finish and made sure I didn't make any huge mistakes to get the, get the checkered flag. Yeah, well, that, that uh, step up over those tires, that, that was the deciding factor of you guys just, just pulling by Cody. Uh, you know, you went by there every time, and when Taylor went by, he almost flew over Cody's head. It was just—it yeah, was had, amazing. It was so cool. To, now, now, Mike, I didn't actually see your attack on that step up, that the tire step up. Talk us through yours, and then I kind of then we can talk about Taylor and Colton because both of those guys sure. were doing what we were talking about. But I, I didn't catch yours, Mike. What was your kind of uh, attack for the that tire step up? Uh nothing. It was just all about like kind of setting your bike up for it. You know, you just, you could hit it with speed, but you had to kind of preload when you hit the logs. It's so short and little to get over the tire. You know, you had to compressor suspension to get up over it with a bit of speed so i think that was what was getting everybody you know they just try to hit it like a normal jump and wasn't getting the height of the bike right so uh, yeah and the danger factor if they didn't get the height of the bike that yeah. was that put the fear factor in uh all but about four of you that you uh that, that butt pucker factor um so were you doing what what colton and T- and tyler were doing how they were kind of like use they were getting that nice little bunny bunny hop preload and then actually kind of you know, literally airing over the tire. Were you able to do that as well? Uh, before the big tire section there? I'm sorry, yeah, like, yeah. so like that, yeah. yeah, that tire step up? Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, like, almost like Willie before it, drop your front end and 
get the suspension compressed yeah. and then bounce right over it. it actually wasn't hard that you did it so many times it was pretty easy mm-hmm. um I, I didn't really see it too bad but the first time you cut first couple of times to get into it yeah it was sketchy and if you did catch it on top Okay, well then, let, let's play a game of what-ifs really quick, because that will be fun. So we've got Mark McDonald, Brian Pierce here. We're, we're pretty badass on a motorcycle. We're definitely not brownie-level badass, but we, we've, <laughs> we've done some cool shit. But we're on this Endurocross track, and we're like, Mike, I don't know. Like, my nuts haven't dropped, I haven't hit puberty, whatever the problem is. I'm having some issues here, so you're, kind of, you're going to mentally try to get us over... You know, to be able to make this that's that tire step up the way you're doing it. Would it would you have any advice for us, or would it easily just be like, you know what, guys, today's not your day. Let's just go home safe. <laughs> no, even Cody was asking me, you know, how how you do it? Or not how you do it? But is it hard to do? And I'm thinking, no, you just kind of really compress your bike, and it's not really bad. You know, I look at it. I don't even look at the tires. I look at what I got to do and where I got to land. I'm not even concentrating on the tires. Cause I know I got to hit it hard and high as I can and get over the tires. I'm not even worried about the tires because I'm not focusing, you know what I mean? I know I, yeah. I got to land way on the other side of them, and that's it. So it's more yeah. about just getting the bike set up. Yeah. Um, well, I think I've just found my problem with uh, being able to jump. Is all I ever focus on and why I never jump is because all I ever go, oh, my God, there's the landing. I'm going to case and just, like, don't jump. <laughs> right, So right. I think now I'm just going to have to pull the mic brown and, and not look where I don't want to be. I'm going to look where I need to be. <laughs> you might as well just close your eyes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, that, that'll totally make sure that it all ends way better, I'm sure. <laughs> Mike, was that one of the hardest rock sections you ever rode, or was it just did it just look like it? It did look What's tough. that again? Go ahead, bro. Uh, he was saying the the rock section that they had out there. You know, you kind of take that left, go into it. It opened up a little bit, but they cut that divot into it right. throughout the day. Um, yep. And then you kind of take the left. He said it looked pretty tough. Yeah, it was. You know, like it caught us off guard too, because we didn't really know they did that. You come out for, I think it was a second practice, or maybe even the heat race, and they yeah, cut it in there. It was, especially the heat race where the rain came, kind of come a poor five five minutes before. You know, no, it rained probably five minutes before a heat race, and pretty good in that heat race is really slippery the rocks the track is actually good the races it was the rocks are bad i mean that's i think i've wrecked them every lap in the heat race so i was worried for the main <laughs> yeah um well, it's interesting we did have some some obstacles that we haven't really seen before and i think one of those was the metal the metal ramp um it, it, it's interesting having talked to a couple guys prior to practice prior to you guys even being on the track they kind of were like, yeah, we were practicing like some pretty big jumps, like for the for the, the for the ramp. But then apparently, I mean, what was that? Probably thirty feet? Not uh, that thirty if, feet small. No, if yeah, yeah, but, it wasn't as big as we but thought. But from it'd be. what I understand, it was probably half of what everybody was practicing. Right. So, what did they tell you? Did they tell you this is going to be happening at X Games and it's going to be X, or did they just kind of did you guys just kind of hear it throughout the grapevine and just start practicing? Yeah, no, they said we were going to have the, the, the ramps, and they didn't really say how far. And I think Taylor and all them guys were practicing were more, bigger than they were. And I think they didn't, <laughs> they maybe told us they were going to be pretty far apart. But I think when they got there and thought, you know, some, a lot of people that it's not really good at jumping or hitting ramps, you know, it's going to be too big for them. So, you know, I think next year if they have it, they'll probably put them a little bit further away. Yeah, and then they'll probably like put in an impromptu whip, whip competition on lap three. 
So so on lap That's three, right. it's like instead of a joker lane, we'll have the whip competition. So if you got to throw a whip on the third lap over the ramp jump, and then everybody's going to get judged, exactly. and then you get like a, an extra point for winning that, I guess. That's pretty fun. That could be different. Maybe we'll do that in Supercross, yeah, too. Good. They're always looking for changes, right? That's a good one right there. <laughs> I bet they should put a joker lane in a Supercross with Enduro Cross. That'd be nice. Ooh, that would be nice. Actually. That's a good idea. Matrix Matrix or Rocks or something like that would be change it up a little bit yeah or what <laughs> and then too, like joker lane for enduro cross that's like would it be like so if we were, say we were doing an enduro cross like that where they had like this one section that you had to hit once would it be super fast so it's an advantage or would it be like crazy gnarly so it's like you know uh-huh. it's almost one or two guys at a time because it's like yeah. you know you would be i think tougher what do you think mike I think that, I mean, for them, uh, for me, they make it faster. <laughs> but <laughs> I think what the whole purpose would be extreme rocks or something, something like Erzner kind of style. But, yeah. Right. We're going to build now, I think mountain. they started that this year. They, they started a lot of that this year at the beginning, you know, at the, not the beginning, last year they had a lot of single lanes for the, like the pro guys and then the amateurs did different lanes and some of our sections are really hard. So, you know, I think. But it cuts off the track for us. It makes it shorter, and it makes it shorter for the other guys riding it, too. So I think we cut that out this year a little bit. Yeah, we noticed that. I think it was uh, – I've seen that a couple times. Yeah, well, they'll have kind of like a an amateur uh, line on the right side of a section, and then they'll pile more rocks on the left side so that you guys will kind of hit more of the rocks on the left and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It, you could tell that they are playing with the format, and I think that's the biggest thing that we keep hearing about Supercross and some maybe even Motocross sometimes is that it's – is that. It might be getting either stale or just kind of it's not evolving with the times. But since we're an off-road show, you know, we'll let the guys who actually race that kind of stuff or even know how to talk about it discuss sure. their greatness. Yeah. Well, Mike, a lot of those guys, a lot of the riders were telling me that they thought it was the fastest enduro cross track they'd ever ridden. Most of them are tighter and not as fast. Did that work to your advantage since you're so fast of a motocross rider? For this weekend, this X Games, yeah, yes, it was... It was fast, but I think it still had this technical sections. I mean, that, and for me, being fast, I think that's where I was better. You know, not better, but that's where I got my speed. And I think the jumps, you know, Cody rode good. Other guys rode good, but, you know, the double-triple that we hit every once in a while, and then for sure the tire jump, you know, I think that's what you could see when Ted was beside Cody. That's where he passed him. It was pretty big, not a big difference, half second, a second maybe. But that's, Enough. you know, that was... I've done enough, yeah, and that's, you know, that's about what I was getting on in the lap, and that's how I kind of pulled away from him, you know, other than that, the rest of the track, you know, he wasn't losing on us, and he, he's riding good on the fastest now, and, you know, same as, you know, like Caddy, you know, he switched all the way over to more motocross, supercross style than he did in Giro now, right. and, uh, you know, you can see that when he, when he left here, he was more of a motor guy than Giro cross. Yeah, no, and, and it's cool that Taddy, and I know Taddy didn't want to, it seemed like he didn't want to stay in the States anyway, you know, he'd kind of done his time over here and go back and then go back to Erzberg, and then all the, the, the fun stuff that's gone over there. So, have you done Erzberg before, and if not, is that something that you foresee in your future? No. Well, I don't know, I, I'd love to do it, I would love to just say I've done it, try and all that, but it seems like every race I've been doing something, and Always gone somewhere, so yeah. I, I really thought Muddy, all Muddy Muddy sudden, Creek. I thought he was going to say hell no. Uh-huh. <laughs> all of a sudden he's like hell no. I'd be like that's yeah. what I would say. Sp- too. Speaking of Muddy Creek, did you enjoy yourself out motocrossing? Yeah. Uh, uh, watching Muddy Creek this weekend. 
Uh, I meant last week. Didn't you ride motocross the week before X Games? Uh, yeah, yeah. I went to Glen Helen. I rode the two-stroke national day. That was uh, it was good, you know. And it was the first time I've been on a two-stroke, and I probably eight years. I went out there a couple of days before and rode it. And uh, was it a one twenty-five? <laughs> no, I rode a three hundred. <laughs> right, it looked like a three hundred. So you're saying you went, you literally tried to double your uh, your CCs from back in the day? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> back in the day, I couldn't hang on to it. Now they feel slow compared to what we got. But it was so hard to ride, you know. It's, it's so totally different, you know. You got to work to make the thing go fast, and it's totally different than a sports truck, that's for sure. I mean, it's it keeps you busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think about Colton Haker's performance at the the two stroke uh, World Championship? I don't think too many people realize that he got second place, um, and I thought oh, that's no, that's... fantastic. I mean, we know you guys are fast racers and you guys are great riders and stuff like that, but a lot of times, you know, people just go, oh, off-road guys can't compete in motocross, which they can be competitive, but they would never kind of be one of those top guys. And granted, still, you're not going to have the Ryan Dungeys and guys out right. at the at the two-stroke world championships, but I think you're always going to have a good caliber, especially at Glen Helen, um, with such a local track to so many guys. So Colton Haker's performance out there was, was I thought, was fantastic. Yeah, no, he's good. I mean, he always has been good. Like a few years ago, I think when I first kind of went to works races, he was uh, doing those, and you know, he was good at motocross. I remember doing a race in um, up in Washington, works race, and they had a motocross race a couple of days before it, and we raced, and he beat me fair and square one day. And, but he's good. He's got good style. He rides good, and you know, I think it's whatever you put your focus on. And you know, if he's going on to be a motocrosser, he could. Right. It's just uh, he's got to do it a lot. Yeah. Um, so we had a couple questions from the chat room. Somebody wanted to know a little bit about your racing kind of, uh, what was it, at, in the worlds, at some of the GPs that you did, I think around like 2007 on the 125s over there. Yeah. Um, and they were talking yeah. about how fast you were going and how badass you looked and stuff. So they just kind of wanted to know a little bit about how that experience was for you over there. Oh, it's good. I mean, I think going over and racing, you know, in my, in my career early on was – probably one of the best things I could do. You know, I went over there and uh, I grew up quick. You know, being over there, you learn everything. You got to live on your own. You got to fight for yourself. And, you know, the main thing was just riding the tracks. It's totally different over there. And, you know, it's just learning how to ride the tracks and training and riding. And just, it just helped me more than anything. You know, that, and when I came back and lived with Ricky for a few years, it's, uh, it's good. I mean, back when we, me and Grant and, Estrada came back, uh, was racing that one really 2001. And you could tell the difference in the corner speed was the biggest thing I learned when I was over there. Yeah, um, it seems that the, the MX Nationals have gotten a little bit rougher this year for, for the better. I think it's, it's, it's created fantastic, fantastic racing. Um, and unfortunately, Tomac going down, you know, at Lakewood, but that we all kind of thought it was coming and it came and there it is. But, do you think that the way that they're doing that, trying to keep them a little bit more natural and a little bit rougher like that, is because of the fact that of the GPs and how we've kind of done um, at, at like the Des Nations and how we're kind of not acclimated maybe as much to those rougher tracks? Uh, for sure. I mean, it's yeah. Over there, you get there on Friday, you get so much riding on the over there during during the week, during the race weekend. You know, you get the two forty minute practices now, and then you get a. 25 minute race it's just a lot of riding on the track and they don't touch it from day one to you first go on track and off and you know here you start out the 
a smooth track on Sunday morning, and but they are getting rougher. I mean, I think that's good to keep them like that. And but over there, I mean, you get to the end of Sunday and it's just holes everywhere, and they don't touch it. And they just pour the water on it and it's slippery, and it's, it's a totally different style of riding. And I mean, you could probably see that by watching. It's awesome. There, so. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's not not the same. <laughs> it scares me even more now, just the way that you talk about it like that. Because I always was like, "Oh, that's really rough," but the way you're talking about it just makes me visualize it a little bit more. Right, and right. I think I'm scared. I mean, obviously, I'm no <laughs> motocross racer and don't ever plan to be, and that's fine. I'm gonna go around and not jump on motocross tracks, but watching the GPS and you know the designations you want to see. Uh, our guys kind of do really well, so obviously we need Tomac to heal up and get back over there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, before we let you go, I wanted to chat a little bit. A good friend of mine, uh, Greg Hammond, over at Concept Two, uh, been a big supporter of Seat Time kind of since the beginning. Him and I were chatting that you were going to come on, and he he pointed out to me that you had actually started kind of getting into CrossFit a little bit, um, and and how much that's kind of kicked your butt and changed your your training, I guess, a little bit. So I was hoping you could kind of take us through that journey. Um, and how, how CrossFit has either helped change the way you look at your perspective on the way that you train or good, bad, or indifferent for CrossFitting and dirt bike racers? I mean, CrossFit's awesome. I started about probably a year ago, and, you know, it's when I was, in, like I said, when I was living in Europe in 1998, it was big over there then, and I didn't know what, what it was. I just went to, they call it circuit training, but it was the same thing as CrossFit kind of had, I did that for two years and I was over there and then I came back and started living here and it kind of went away from it. And then, so I started back a year ago and it's, it's just fun. You know, you're doing it with a bunch of guys and it's helped me more than anything like this year, being strong, riding and like picking your bike up off the rocks, trying to, you know, really around the corners and the rocks. It's just all around fitness. You know, I mean, you can go, you get your cardio, you can get your rowing, you do the everything. I mean, it's, you know, one hour you can get more than you need really. And, uh, like I said, the main thing is you're with a bunch of guys or whoever working out, and it's just a good time. You know, it goes by quick, and for sure you'll feel it. Like I said, the first week I did it, I did it four days straight and thought I was the man, and then <laughs> two weeks after that, I could hardly walk, and it's. Mm. <laughs> and then I appreciated it for sure. It, it was, it's, like I said, it's good fun, and if you're having fun, it's, it's easy, you know? It's, it's not work. And anybody that knows Mike Brown knows he's in shape. Yeah. You know? And if he says it's fun, <laughs> nobody else is going to think it's fun. Right. <laughs> we all know that uh, looking at Mike Brown, there's got to be a little bit of sadisticness just, just creeping around in there. But he hides it well, and then oh, he yeah. brings it out when he needs it. Yeah. 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 He shaves his head, though, to let it to the surface better. I think it's not that hard. <laughs> well, well, um, so what's coming up next for you, then? Um, any, more, any, any more GNCCs maybe in the future? I know we got Snowshoe coming up, and then obviously a little bit, a little bit more later in the year. And then, you know, you're going to have Endurocross throughout the rest of the season. Um, so just Endurocross, or is there a little bit more coming up? No. Uh, I'm off to California morning for the, the last dog standing. I'm doing that this weekend. Well, hell yeah. Awesome. And Good luck then, to uh, you. After we get that, I'm going to do Snowshoe. I'm going to there, too, do that race, and then... Oh, for sure after that. I think they're having an extreme race up in uh, Pennsylvania somewhere on July the 4th or 5th or 6th. Oh, like yeah, that's the toughest roar. We had those guys on last week actually talking with them about that event. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. There's like a $10,000 purse for that event. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I might try that race. That's then... why he's going. Yeah, hell yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Hell, you could take me as your and pit then... bitch and still give me like 100 bucks. 
You know, when I'll you when you win, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I'll need all the help I can. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm a good motivator. I'm. Not, I don't need to be a good rider, yeah. but I will hold a beer and yell at you like nobody's bitch, or like everybody's bitch. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. But that's awesome. Holy crap! You got a you got a, a hell of a schedule coming up. Yeah, and then July, I think tenth, I'm doing the Ricky Carmichael Muddy Creek here with him at school. He's doing a camp, and I'm doing that in there. And then a couple of days after that, I leave for Columbia, South America, to do a school down there for a week. And then, yeah, I can't really think. I think yeah, I'm, uh, September is ISDE, so you're gonna are you gonna be able to make any of the training, uh, the little training camps yeah. with them? That the, I, I yeah, know you guys yeah, did that last that, year. Think, so I think it's right after snowshoe. We go from there to do the training for a couple of days. Yeah, in Ohio, and then. Back home. Nice. Man, you're gonna have busy to, schedule. I know you're gonna have to be all social while you're on that ISDE training, so you can get some pictures out to the to the world. Okay. Yeah. Us ISDE followers are gonna my... be all excited about USA getting ready to kick some ace. Yeah. No, we should do good. I hope it's it's a plan. I think we've got a good team anyway. So. Oh yeah. It's up to us. <laughs> Man, awesome. Well, we don't mean to keep you from your family. I know it's a little bit later where you're at, Mark. You got anything? Uh, anything else in the books? Not really, Mike. You should be proud of yourself, man. You looked awesome out there riding. The obstacles you overcame Thank with your you son. I hope he heals quick. And man, yeah. the best of luck to you, dude. Yeah. No. And Thank I, you all very much. Yeah, it's it's been a struggle sometimes, you know, getting connected. But I'm so glad. Third time's the charm. I'm so glad that we finally were able to get you on the show. <laughs> I'm glad that I was there. Too bad that my media pass couldn't get me close enough to get any pictures of you getting your medal. But that's okay. Other people better than me and cooler than me anyway got them. And that's what matters. So that's that's okay in my book. So well, congratulations, thanks, dude. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate having you on there. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll How keep... does that gold medal feel, man? Oh, is it heavy? Yeah. That's good. The kids probably already lost it. They got it. Soon as they got home. <laughs> I had a great comment, but he just talked about his kids, and I'm not going to say it after that comment. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, dude. We welcome, really appreciate guys. you being on the night. show. Have fun out there. Yeah, take care of your boys. You too. Thank you. <laughs> Later. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Okay, bye. Uh, awesome. I've always wondered. It's like you talk to Mike Brown every now and again, but it's during or after a race, so he's always kind of business. You right, know, he's, right. He's, he's focused. No, he is. He's uh, real and focused. so I've always wondered if I could catch him, you know, not in that kind of race scene, what he would be like. And right there, talking to him is way more laid back oh, absolutely. than I think I've ever yeah. seen him before. But in his yeah. own element. He's right. not surrounded by right. people that are trying to bug him. You yeah. Know? You know, but we're just trying to bug him. That's right. Just a different That's type what we of did. Beer. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of that, we should have a beer. In my new Yeti cup, I must promote. I know, that's beer crazy. much colder. I didn't know that they had those things, but they do. Speaking of promoting, so Seat Time is presented to you by Fly Racing. So flyracing.com is where you can go learn more about those guys. As we are learning here in Texas, it's getting hot, folks. <clears throat> I think we almost hit 100 degrees today. Time for some mesh gear. I uh, know. Time for some of that kinetic mesh gear. So flyracing.com. And did we talked about it last week. You can order online now at the flyracing.com website. But what they do is they actually will, they have a system to filter through, and it gets shipped to you from a local dealer. So for those of you who don't want to buy online because you'd rather support your local dealer, that's awesome. Go to your local dealer. But if you like to purchase things online, know that you buy from flyracing.com. You're actually still supporting, maybe not your specific local dealer, but a local dealer in the area. Sure. Um, and I think that that's a really neat way to do it so that way they're not taking away um, from some of the, 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 you know, the local revenue, some of the sure. revenue. There we go. That local dealerships could make. So flyracing.com. Go check those guys out. 
of course. Um, Kenda Tire USA. They make the rubbers that stickies nice. Um, I, what I like about these guys is that they're trying to innovate. You know, they're they're they've been known as kind of uh, with like an entry level brand for a long time, and right. I just don't think they're there that that anymore. You can tell that they've put a lot of time, a lot of R and D, and a lot of effort into raising awareness about the brand and what they've been doing with the tires that they're putting out. And especially in the off-road and uh, kind of this extreme market that's kind of come about with Endurocross and all these hard Enduros. Absolutely. And these hybrid tires are really, really neat. I haven't had a chance to ride one. I've ridden some of their gummy tires at the TKO last year, and those worked fantastic. Really enjoyed those. We're going to be running those again this year at the uh, TKO in August. Um, maybe I might even throw, if I can get one of those equilibriums on there, I might just run that in the back just to test it, see how it works out, if I can get a hold of one. But. Sure. I love the names of their tires too. Yeah, it's always all of them. it's always yeah. more fun than you know. This was about Dunlop Seven X Two Seven Five Four Nine. Yeah, exactly. So we have more fun. We name it after shit that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So definitely go check those guys out. And of course, Stillwell Performance at StillwellPerformance.com. If you race or ride off road and you have feel like, oh man, I don't know if I'm, my suspension set up right. I don't really know. Should I have my suspension done? Definitely st- check out StillwellPerformance.com. Alan Stillwell has been on the show a bunch of times and talks about all the awesome things that he can do to make your motorcycle ride better and your suspension react better. Um, as I say, you don't have to go there and just start buying things. Best thing to do, send them an email. Tell them you heard about us on the show. Get you a little bit of a discount. And then you can start having that interaction with him. And he'll explain why he knows what to do for your bike way better than I can do that for him. So stillwellperformance.com. Obviously, we really appreciate all of those sponsors for their support. And as we go from one gold medal winner to our woman's silver medal winner, Mr. Tara, Mrs. Tara Geiger. I don't I don't even know what's happening anymore. This Bud Light, man. They're these these six percent Bud Light. Woo, boy, they're kicking in. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um so Tara, what is going on? How is your evening, madam? Hi Tara. Um, I'm wishing I was on your guys' level right now. <laughs> man, we're professionals. You don't know. Can you handle this? This is a bunch of awesome over here. I don't think so. It's just way too much cool happening. I'm just here all only in my living room. Oh uh, well, we're just... oh, next time we'll fly you in. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you flying her in? Hell yeah. We have a budget, but I promise you, it is half the size of a shoestring. I get it. So <laughs> I think we'll continue to Skype you in until Mark funds up the funds up the funds, puts up the funds, puts up the funds. We'll go with that. So. Before we get sidetracked and start talking about you being nude in 2013 and all those awesome magazines, let's talk about the race this past weekend at X Games. Holy crap, you looked fantastic on that motorcycle. I have to say, before we even get anywhere, I think this looked like your most aggressive race in a Durocross. Very little mistakes, if any. Just a couple times, unfortunately, Leia was there to be able to make you know the move on you to get around. But hey, holy shit, you were riding awesome. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, I felt good. I was actually, that's probably, you're right in saying my best race. This is the first one I actually came off the track and wasn't pissed off at myself and wondering why the heck I'm riding enduro cross. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be back on the MX, man. But you know, you, you were the first one to jump the triple. You know, oh, every, everybody worried about that triple. I was the only one of the girls, and I was probably only like the seventh person out there actually jumped it. It was pretty Absolutely. funny to see the guys that were eyeing it up and then I tucked it and they kind of were like, uh oh, okay. Well my buddy Bolts never jumped it, man. So you had it on him. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it was fun. 
I definitely was making up time there. Oh, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, it poured rain. It was some freak Texas rainstorm right before the start of the event. That's not and freak. I, I That's never, normal. It was just, it was too sketchy for me in the, the final. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was actually up on the tower, and Auntie and uh, Timmy were up there, and you hit it, the triple. And he gets, and you hit it, and he kind of goes, "Wait a minute!" You could like feel him like eyes like zone in on you, and so he watched you come around again, and you hit it a second time, he hit it a third time, and after that, he picked up his little radio and goes, "Uh, no pressure, but when Casey gets off the track, let her know that Tar is hitting the triple." Right, <laughs> like, so it was immediate. It was just like, okay, if she feels like she could hit it, she should hit it. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was I actually, crazy. Uh... Came in from that first practice, and the first time I jumped the double, I just, like, landed. I faced the third one. And up until that point, everybody that walked the track were like, oh, there's no way you're going to be able to triple because it looked way too big. And I came in, I was like, you can triple it. And I think Rookstool was the first one to go for it. He was. He was, yep. Um, then Brownie sent it and Taylor. And once I saw Cody do it, I was like, all right. Cody's <laughs> 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 the jump in. <laughs> It's funny, but but you're right. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, it was awesome. So, we we were talking with Mike Brown a little bit, and and Mark and I have discussed as well that it seemed like the X Games Enduro Cross tracks were always a little bit faster, and that's just that's kind of what you come into when you're at X Games. We know that the Enduro Cross tracks are going to be a tad bit less technical, a little bit faster, probably a little bit jumpier. So, having said that, though, what parts of the tracks for you? were awesome maybe it's the triple and then what parts for you were like were the technical bits that did give you a lot of trouble that kind of choked you up a little bit honestly the only part i had trouble with was getting up over that tire from that little single thing that was probably the hardest part i couldn't keep my feet on the pegs that was kind of frustrating but um no actually i didn't have any trouble with any parts of it i felt really comfortable all day and i don't think i got stuck once maybe just that one time in the rocks went on the last lap other than that, uh, well, I guess when I tried to wheelie up that tire and fell backwards often in practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's always that. So we, it, it, we just talking with Mike Brown, you know, I was like, okay, so Mark and I are going to sack up and we're going to try to hit this step up tire thing. And, and could you give us some advice? And so he's like, yeah, you, you kind of wheelie a little so that you, you could put your front tire down right into the face of the little lip so that that way you could compress your suspension and use that to kind of help loft you up more than straight out. And I was like, okay, so that's all it takes. <laughs> right, right. Got it. So now that now that we've told you that, do you think you could go out there and do it again? Uh, I mean, that's the one thing I really wanted to do, but now hearing the explanation, I would definitely say no, I cannot do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is that not the sketchiest shit ever? So you got a wheelie, you know, pick the front end up and put it down kind of like right into the face so that it compresses your suspension. So that way when you're coming up, it's going out. I'm like, oh, mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. And then you're going to flat land 20 feet down yeah. after going 15 feet in the <laughs> air. It worked so. for him and Taylor, though. It got him metal. Oh, my Man, gosh. It looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty wicked. We had a good time with it. Did we lose her, or is it just, did we? Did it go somewhere? That was interesting. The, was it the fly? Oh, that was the weirdest thing. So you know how to Mac, you could, you know how you can, uh, you can swipe the little keypad, and it, like, shoot, moves the screen? Well, all of a sudden, that's what she did on the computer. She just went, shriek, and we're like, whoa, where'd she go? And then a fly got up and took off. So a fly 
is now running the show. Guys, Steven's out. We have a fly as our producer. This is interesting, and it's probably going to go downhill from here. The good thing, flies can see everything. That's true. They've got see all a those, whole like, lot of you. Crazy, a whole lot of things. Crazy eyes. It's always a good time. Uh, but yeah, the enduro cross tracks at X Games are they're rad. I love them. I think it's a cool concept. You know, get out of the arenas, and you know, you don't put an arena track on. You know, in the stadiums, you build something bigger. I think it's it's really cool. It'd be awesome to have a series of events like that in stadiums, and hopefully, that's where enduro cross can grow to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We were uh, another thing. God, this is I'm just bringing up everything we talked about with Mr. Mike Brown. So we, we talked about maybe like some kind of Joker lane, but uh, in Endura Cross, but that Joker lane is actually like the most technical shit out there. So like, you know, it's kind of going to make you have like the slowest right. lap possible. So, obviously you want it faster and jumpier. We get that. We understand it. But if it were to be a Joker lane that's super super technical, what would be the worst thing for you to see in that Joker lane? I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've had stuff like that on parts of tracks before. <laughs> You're like, it's that left-hand turn right there in the track. Probably any one of the sections at Colin Haker's house would be a joker lane. <laughs> Is it really that tough out there? Uh, yeah, it's brutal. Wow. So wow. Why haven't you done a 360? I mean, I just feel like that's got you written all over it. No, I'm not a trickster. I'm not a hot dogger. Go fast. <laughs> I like it. Well, I don't know. Hanging around Colton, I figure you got to let your, your crazy flag fly a little bit, right? Um, normally he does that stuff after I've already put my motos in and left for the day. That's probably for the better. We don't need you trying anything crazy, Tara. That's right. That's right. I'm good. <laughs> and, and, and Colton's so mellow, you would never know he's got that aggression in him. Never. I don't. I know? don't have that. I don't have any of it. I don't have the talent, I don't have the balls, nor the aggression. It all just comes out when I drink, and then I just lose pieces of clothing. What the hell goes on? I've seen you. I've been there. I've seen yep, you. I know. It's unfortunate. But the good thing is, Tara, that you guys haven't had to put up with Hansy Brian. I'm very respectful to a degree when I'm around extremely professional women. Jenna, I apologize. <laughs> He's apologizing to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but Tara, I'll tell you this. Other than my wife, you're like the coolest girl in the world. I've always Thank thought you. so. I've always thought so. Haven't I, baby? Yes. <laughs> there was ever somebody that I'd let be in the bed. That's what you would say to your me? wife. Sorry, I'm, or my wife or me. Tara? Are you it's not about? coming from me. It's awkward. <laughs> so, <laughs> strong views there. I think. <laughs> I think we're just letting the freak flag fly more than normal, to be completely honest, because. <laughs> This is like my second Bud Light. It's not like it's like I, I didn't mix vodka in it. There's no Jaeger beforehand. I mean, all the crowns put away. Nobody's burped yet. I know. I got it's pants really on. It's not like we've gone anywhere different. Mm. You know what I mean? We're all pretty normal at this point in time. So we're just trying. I guess we're trying to keep. It's you, Tara. You're just you're emitting your greatness across the screen. I exude to us. weirdness. Exude. Brings the weirdness out of people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. We'll go with it. I love it. So. You've done X Games quite a few times. You've competed in a couple different kinds of events. Um, have you? What have you thought about it being in Austin? I, I've loved it, obviously, because for me it's a three and a half hour drive. I can bring the family down. I get a chance to, luckily, because of seat time, get a media pass and cover the events. Um, but you know, for somebody like you as an athlete that's kind of traveled the world to these different types of X Game events, I wanted to know what you thought, what you've been thinking of Austin. 
you know, last year Austin was kind of weird because it was the first time I was out of L.A., and it was after we had done all those global rounds. And, you know, I feel like everybody got to Austin was kind of let down because of, you know, it was really hot. Stuff was kind of spread out. Um, the wind affected a lot of the events. But mm -hmm. I feel like this year people came in, and they were they knew what to expect, and they came in a lot more open-minded and ready. And it just didn't seem like there was that that vibe of disappointment this year like there was kind of last year. <clears throat> and I enjoyed it. I, you know, explored downtown more. I went to the Step Up event down there. And, um, yeah, I think the whole thing, I had a lot more fun. It seemed like it was kind of a consensus, that feeling, you know, everybody was a lot happier this year than last year. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, besides the heat, I mean, that was brutal. But uh, oh, it was, it was miserable. fun. Yeah. I was able to figure it out more. And, uh, yeah, it was a great event this year. Yeah, I I I had I, that what hundred yards that they moved the track made such a big difference because they made they so the enduro cross track if you guys watched it on TV obviously you could probably tell the layout looked a little bit different they moved it to corner fifteen and I believe it was like you know corner twelve before that so but the thing is is what that did is that allowed people to take three hundred yards less walking it was a lot easier for us to get to it from all the media stuff I imagine walking around trying to get to it from the we were a little bit further from the pits I think but still that's okay that can be handled because you guys are on motorcycles so that's but I thought they did a great job moving it if they have it same setup for next year I would be super stoked on it because we were a lot closer to everything else uh, the only thing that does suck is exactly what you were talking about with everything being so spread out. And in that, I'm thinking that you're referring to the fact that on Coda is badass, the Circuit of the Americas, but it's way the F over here, 20 minutes if you're speeding from downtown Austin, which is where I think a lot of the athletes stay. And then obviously there's 6th Street. I mean, right. that's where like the livelihood of Austin really is, is kind of... Even though there's more to do outside of the downtown, that's kind of like where you can walk from your hotel and not have to take cabs and all that kinds of crap. Um, and that does suck because that's super far. Um, how, where where do you guys stay as athletes? Do you guys get to stay downtown or do you stay closer to the track? Um, luckily, uh, Red Bull Austin set us all up downtown at the JW, so it was pretty rad. But, yeah, it was like 25, 30-minute drive. And, of course, I couldn't valet my sprinter van, so I had to park it down the street. <laughs> kind of stressful on Friday night when I couldn't find parking for a bit, but uh, it was all right. I had my little skateboard. I just cruised around town and uh, parking like a few blocks away wasn't a big deal. But yeah, it just took a while to get there. But at least you're not stuck in traffic trying to go two miles, you know? Yeah, and I guess that is one of the good things is even because in downtown Austin, oh my gosh, if you're there like during kind of like typical work hours, like of coming and going, it is horrible. But I guess, you know, luckily with our events being kind of, or our events, like I'm a writer, your events being so late in the evening, it's a little bit easier because you guys are getting done so late. What did you think about the medal ceremony being at like 10 or 10.30 at night? Oh, uh, that's, I think that's pretty common. It's kind of what we always did. They always did it on like X Center or something, so they'd always hold us later, but I don't know if they even broadcast that at all. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of weird. It kind of sucks because everybody's ready to party and celebrate but then you have to wait for three hours and then you look around and all your friends are gone and they've already started partying somewhere. yep i know because i was because last year i think everybody even the guys that had meddled were we were drinking by like nine or nine thirty i think we were all out or at least by 10 um we were all out and that's what i was hoping to do this year too is to get everybody together but then it was like once i found out that they were going to be doing an espn kind of like official super late metal ceremony i was like well f it 
I'm going to go home and wait till somebody tells me they're downtown. And then obviously, you know, you guys let us know. And, you know, we did get to go to the Monster Energy Party. That was pretty wicked. Does uh, does Red Bull do stuff like that? I mean, <laughs> this is my first time ever going to something like that. I don't want to make it sound like that's the norm. So I was literally like, like wide-eyed, like, oh, my God. It's like walk in and this music, like just free alcohol and People keep going, that's Kesha. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You're just drunk. That's probably not really her. But they kept saying it was. <laughs> it's just, it's like, does Red Bull do stuff like that? Like have like these big like house party type things? Um, yeah, back when uh, at Global X, they, all, they had the after parties at every event. And it was super rad. But uh, they had a party on Sunday. But I left early Sunday morning. Um, I actually didn't make it to the monster party. We ended up, I linked up with uh, Taylor Robert and a few other guys. And we just went and found this bar where we inhaled vodka. I don't really know. Awesome. It was, it was terrible. It was literally the most disgusting thing I've ever done. But uh, That's we the, played uh, life-size the, va- the vapor shots, right? Yeah. I think I walked in and, uh, well, let's not say names. There was a racer <laughs> that like had this thing in his mouth and pulled out, and I just saw a bunch of smoke. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, I don't know what this is. Okay, vapor so Yeah, shots. you didn't miss anything. But, uh, then, yeah, we did play some awesome games of Jenga. Yes, you guys did. Uh, well, I got to know, after you got your medal Friday night and you were so excited, did you go see Nicki Minaj? No, I did not. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <laughs> what about Metallica? Did you go back for Metallica? I really wanted to see Metallica, but I was so tired by the end of Big Air. From being there all day and watching events, and right, I wanted to get up early, get back, yeah, that's and, true, uh, get my drive down because I had a twenty-hour drive by myself. Wow! Oh my god! So I did not make it to Metallica, which I was pretty bummed on. Yeah, can you, oh, dude? So you did a twenty-hour drive by yourself? Yeah, and Straight? somehow I still, I still don't know. I think I had like checked out of my body for a while because I did it straight through. Wow! Whoa! That is. I still don't know how I did it. Excuse the pun. That's mainly. Holy hell. I left at like uh, 7.30 from Austin, and with the time change, I got to Carlsbad at 1.30 in the morning. Wow. Dude, longest I've ever done was, I think, like 12 straight, and that was from just outside, like Denton, Texas, pretty much to somewhere close to Keystone. We were about an hour, hour and a half from Keystone, and I literally was like, "I'm done, I'm done, I'm done." It's like, "Get me out of the, get me out of the car, out of the car." We just stopped and pulled over. I needed five minutes. Let's like, out of the car, and we got back in and kept going. But it was like that moment where I just totally lost it. We were going uh, for some downhill mountain biking or something, so we were just driving through the night from Texas trying to get there. And man, it was. I said, "Yeah, twenty hours. That's crazy." That's crazy. Do you sing when you drive? Ooh. Uh, no, I was actually. I watched Braveheart at one point. I was like, this is going to get me. This is going to get me into California and almost back to the house. <laughs> and if I read a book the rest of the way while I drive, I'm good. Yeah, did your directors cut it so you got the six-hour version? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think I could take six hours of that. Freedom! Oh, you totally could. William Wallace, the nude version. Well, I don't know. I mean, do you think it'd be like... This is have to pull over. Yeah. no, You'd never get longer. there then, would you? <laughs> She's like, these guys suck. 
I know it's bad because I'm cracking myself up. That means it's really not that funny. You know what you're dying to ask her. Go ahead. You made notes about her pictures. Oh. <laughs> Let's ask some questions from the chat room that Mopar has put in there. I, I complimented uh, her on them when I first saw you, didn't I? Oh, okay. What? I <laughs> said, when I saw you in the pits with Jeff Aaron, I complimented you on your pictures. Which pictures are these? From Sports Illustrated or whatever. Your, that was. Uh, your, your, your body, your body issue edition. Gotcha. Whatever. All right, you know what pictures we're talking about. Come on, I'm, I'm sure it's the pictures everybody talks about. No, so we saw when uh, what was it? Travis and his wife did their kind of body issue stuff. They did some behind the scenes videos, which I thought was kind of cool because it kind of gave you that look into the fact that obviously it's not a bunch of like athletes traipsing around naked. You know, you're putting coats on and stuff and taking the pictures. So, but from your perspective, kind of what was that shoot like when you guys did those, those kind of those body issue pictures? I was naked the whole day. I don't know. I I think I wore the robe once. It was too hot. I was in Florida. <laughs> so you were just a bunch of NFGs, right? Just dumb. Yep. After the second shot we set up, I was just cruising around. <laughs> <laughs> How many there's times? Behind did... the scenes video. <laughs> yeah, that's why there isn't a behind the scenes video. It's because it was like, oh, Tara's naked the whole damn time. It's just a bunch of nipple. Um, how many times though did they go? Okay, we got this shot. Damn it, there's Ariola. Okay, we got this shot. Damn it, there's things we shouldn't see. Damn it, you know, like was that was like a, a thing, or did they have to like? Lot. This was all I look at in the camera guy, the photo guy. He do this, which means. My elbows were not low enough. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Was there was there any ever issue with you know lower areas? No, <laughs> no, because most of the stuff the bike covered that. <laughs> okay, I've always wondered because I was like, I, I mean, in the behind the scenes stuff with Travis, like that's like. They could dangle funky and something, you know. Like I just figured that that would be like, hey, so, oh, mm, you got. Buddy, we need to work on what's hanging out there. You know, like, that could be weird. Well, I know that Travis did say it was really cold that day when they did it, so maybe that wasn't a cold <laughs> Of course he did. Yeah. But it's cold That's in Texas awesome. right now. That's because I have a small uh, penis and little testicles. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's only 140. It's freezing. <laughs> it's the middle of the summer. Yes. And don't judge me for having hereditary issues. Damn it. Um, was it fun though? Would you do it again? Um, I mean, it wouldn't be the same experience, I guess, doing it again because you go into it not knowing what to expect, and you're like, okay, it's time to start, and you just have to take the robe off for the first time. But you know, I don't regret doing it at all. Um, maybe if it was different circumstances, a different shoot, I'd do it again. But well, you know that know. seat time's gonna do a body issues next year. <laughs> uh, and I bought a camera. Mark's gonna be January. I do not answer that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <sighs> Mark's actually, he's so egotistical, he wants to be January and February. He's just like, you're putting me in both months, you son of a bitch. And I'm it like, takes that much to cover. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be, it could be interesting. I'm just saying, you know, I've, I've been, I have a camera. Like that, that's my portfolio. I have a camera. And a bigger lens. You got a big old lens. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to make up for everything with that lens. So, are you planning to race any new types of race series? Uh, it's a question from Mopar in the chat room. 
Um, I don't know. I think I've done a pretty good job this year. I've oh, yeah, no. quite a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm actually doing a 10-hour Glen Helen race this weekend, the one that starts at midnight and ends at 10 with um, Preston Campbell, Johnny Campbell's son and his buddy, which is kind of cool because we're probably about the same size. I think they're like 16, 17. <laughs> <laughs> nice. well, no, that's good. That the bike's set up and all everything. always issues with doing team races at the same bike. You know, the bike would probably just catapult me off, so... Right. It'll be fun having you know to do it, and I've always wanted to kind of do something like that. So we'll see how it goes. You gonna ride a 250 or a 450? Uh, 250. There you go. Nice. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. I want to do some more work stuff, maybe some big six, some West Coast stuff, and um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some. I would love to do some more motocross stuff, but I think all the WMX goes back east already, and. Um, doing the enduro cross stuff and all the projects with Red Bull, I'm kind of based on the West Coast right now, which makes getting back there kind of difficult. Right. Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, I just got a chance to do the Rip to Cabo with Cameron Steele, and that was ridiculously awesome. And Johnny Campbell's typically a very big part of that, but unfortunately he just had his wrist surgery, so he couldn't do the ride with us. Now, I would imagine if you're riding with his son, you probably know Johnny either fairly well or pretty well, or it soon will know him pretty well. Um, I think that's something that you should look into if you're, I mean, obviously the next rip's going to be April next year, 2016. Um, but it was awesome. I think it was seven days, 1600 miles, Baja Peninsula of a bunch of badassery, cool ass single track, um, bitching dudes. I don't, I think they've had a lady go once or twice before, but I don't think it's very common. So somebody like yourself getting in there would obviously be pretty bitching. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Johnny actually... So that uh, rip to Cabo or whatever, that's Cameron Steele's. And then yep. Johnny actually has one called Beach Bash, I believe. And oh, that's yeah. the end of July, which I'd love to do. But I'm actually, I got the craziest, I don't know what I was thinking. I decided to do this, but I'm doing a, a paddleboard race that's 32 miles long. Wow. <laughs> like a stand-up paddleboard race? Not stand-up, prone. So on oh. my knees or my stomach, paddling with my arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so it's uh from uh, an island in the chain of hawaiian islands called molokai paddling to oahu wow. well that's why you did yeah. it because you're like hawaii that sounds awesome and then you're like wait a minute this is gonna suck so i actually uh that's the same weekend as the beach bash or i probably would be doing the beach bash with them because i mean riding on the beach is one of the most fun things i've ever done so to do like three days of it right you know yeah freaking but, uh, yeah, I started training today, and, and I got, like, I think seven weeks of doing nothing but that. So I'll actually be off the bike for a while. But a uh, good thing, Enduro Cross, and most series take a break for the summer from now on. So, But, yeah, that's uh, kind of what I've got going on now. Oh, my God, 32 miles, you said? If you go straight. Right, right. <laughs> that's And that's impossible, yeah. Oh. That just sounds painful. Uh, Sonny Garcia, you should hook up with him and get some training done. He's on the West Coast and maybe in Hawaii. He's in Hawaii sometimes, too. Uh, ba- obviously, yeah. badass surfer. He was on the rip. That's the only reason why he like comes to mind really quickly. But, yeah, I bet you he could give you some awesome tips on how to paddle faster or more efficiently. <laughs> no, I'm actually pretty good friends with him. He's actually training for, uh, I think, the Kona Ironman. It's oh, in okay. Oh, is that why he's been posting all of his triathlon pictures as kind of like motivation towards that? Yeah, I think he might have done his first Ironman like a couple weeks ago in, in on the big island, but it's not the Kona one, which is like 
the one where they climb like I don't know how many thousands of feet on a bicycle and they like go up to where it's almost snow I think and then they swim and I don't know it's crazy but that's what he's up to so nice. it's pretty rad to see him snow in Hawaii he he's a badass dude he's super super cool um, awesome to talk to. He ride a motorcycle good too. Dirt bike, he yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Like what I like is like because he doesn't have the racer mentality. Like when it comes to the dirt bike, he's just a good rider. He doesn't ever have the need to like to like overdo it. He doesn't ever try to like push it into the weird turn. He doesn't try to like come up. He doesn't want to ride with you, and then all of a sudden he forgets that you're just play riding and come on the inside and like make it squirrely. Like he's <laughs> it, yeah, he was a wicked cool dude to get to know. I took a selfie with him. Okay. That's, what, that's what kids do these days, so I figured I got to get up in the, you know, in with the cool kids, if you will. Oh, step up your game. Yeah. I mean, you're not, I'm not going to become famous by taking selfies with myself. Work for uh, Kardashian. Kind of yeah, Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But her ass is big enough to where it worked. Okay? About like Nicki Minaj. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. That's who it was. Nicki Minaj, not Kesha. <laughs> At the Monster Energy Party. I'm sorry. That's who it was. That's who they said it was. Mickey Minaj. Ah, Kesha. Kesha's white. They were talking about oh. someone who's not white. I was thinking, well, Kesha was there too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, well, I got to tell you, though, I haven't even talked about this. So we show up at this Monster Energy party, and obviously Cameron Steele is kind of my connection in all this. Like, Texan, what are you doing? I'm here. Oh, my God. He's like, you and your wife want to come? Hell, yes. Fuck. So that, that's how I got in. This was awesome. And I walk in. He gives us some armbands. Give him some big hugs. What's up? Ah! And then he turns around and goes, Brian, this is Jerry McGrath. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. And he, like, he introduced me to, uh, not Tanner Faust. Um, oh, my God. There was, it, it was just crazy. It was like, this is Jerry McGrath. And I literally talked to Jerry McGrath for like 10 minutes about like, because I immediately go, don't fanboy out. Don't fanboy out. Oh, my God. Don't ask dumb questions. So I was like, he just moved to Cowie. I was like, well, how long have you been on Monster Energy? I think it's like eight years. I was like, well, has that helped your uh, adjustment to Kawasaki? Like, I was just like, ask legitimate questions, you dumbass. Don't ask to take a selfie with Jerry McGrath. I was like, I wanted to, like, not, like, totally stargaze. And I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah, you probably and did. Instead, you ask Komodo questions, which is probably what he did not want to answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I asked him to play golf with Jim Witten this week, and he'll talk to you for 30 minutes. Yeah. You know? well, well, I mean, we talked for like 10 minutes, and he seemed like he was legitimately talking with me. He's he a did good not guy, run man. away. He's a good guy. But uh, what is what is a good question to ask uh, Tara Geiger, opposed to what would then be a bad question to ask Tara Geiger? Well, it depends. Like, yeah, on this show, ask me anything. But if I'm partying, don't ask me about riding. <laughs> exactly. <Damn it. laughs> so I totally fucked up. So let's ask about partying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe he likes that. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Tara Geiger does not. So all of you fanboys out there and fan ladies, no riding questions if she's partying. Exactly. I like it. Well, cool. So we know you got some stuff coming up. You're going to have a lot of fun on your motorcycle. Definitely check out the RIP for 2016. Hopefully, I can make Beach Bash 2016. I can't make Beach Bash this year. That's when we're doing our seat time ride in Colorado. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that. Um, but I, that would be awesome. I would love to chase your dust around. I've done that with Malcolm Smith. I've done that now with Cameron Steele. I could chase the, the, the fast guy's dust with the best of them. Sure, sure. Can't ever catch up. But I'll always keep up with the dust. So, 
At least you know you're not lost if you're doing that. That's true. That's right. Or you're That's just right. like, damn it, is this some weird person that I'm now following because I'm that far behind? Let's go with T- it. Tell me about that fish behind you, Tara. <laughs> oh, it's a shark. Well, just tell okay, us about Okay, we can only see his butt. We can't see his head because you're in front of it. <laughs> I was just curious. Did you catch it? No, I think it's braided wood. <laughs> so yes, I caught it from I the store because I, I paid it. for it. <laughs> I caught That's a great awesome. deal on it at Home Goods. <laughs> so Home Goods, you go there often? <laughs> Only if there's yes. enough time. Always time. Nobody, come on. Was it old school where they're like, I don't know That's if they're talking about. about. I'm old. Which I made it work. Home Goods, Home Depot. I mean, I really think that we can. We could say that those are interchangeable. Okay. Okay, we'll go with We're that. going yeah, downhill We'll, we'll just go with that anyway, yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your silver medal. Absolutely. Uh, two things that I wanted to say before we wrap it up is awesome, awesome sportsmanship at the end. I have a picture, and it's going to be in our photo, photo epic, which will be up on the Seat Time website by the end of the week, of you just high-fiving, knuckle-bumping, Laya. Uh, Sands there at the like wasn't even at the finish. It was right over the, the the last little jump. You guys were there. You hugged it out. You bumped it out. It was awesome. I thought that was great sportsmanship. I know that you guys were really racing. You guys were going at it. Second thing, another picture I have is of Leia Sands going over the jump just after that tire that little step up tire deal. And you're in front of her still at this point, and you're roosting the shit out of her. And it was awesome. <laughs> I got a picture of that too. That'll be in the photo epic. So. I just you, you looked awesome. You had a lot of fun. We could tell. So congrats on your civil medal, man. It's well earned. Yeah, thank you. Like I said, I'm really psyched on endurocross right now because I actually feel like I know how to ride it. But that could change in one lap next time I go ride. Wow, <laughs> you're riding great. Right, you're riding great. Be proud of your accomplishments. You know. Yep, you can always go, you know what? I'm riding better than Brian Pierce would be right now. Right. Fucking, there you go. You're gonna get like two places better all of a sudden. Motivation. Nah, next year's gold. You you had it this year. It was that close, girlfriend. That, that was close. That was some epic racing. You it was guys an awesome were awesome race. Battling. Battling. I, I, I got manhandled a little bit at times when I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I but I'll it. be ready next year. That's right. That's elbows right. out, man. You got to remember those BMX days when you're on those little 20 inches. It's always got to stick the elbows into the ribs and make sure people remember you're there. I thought uh, I was just—I felt like I was on my nude photo shoot, elbows in. <laughs> You're always like, "Ooh, stop it! Just don't look! Oh, it's so awkward." Well, and no, maybe, maybe better can't... luck with lappers—it would have been a different ending too. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, racing, yeah. man. That's what it is. It made it exciting, but I don't know. She had a gap on me at that point a little bit. Well, you were just sitting de- right next to her. Stopped. I mean, you, that wasn't yeah. much of a gap. You could have kicked her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very ladylike, Mark. Sorry, I watched the men's race too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh! <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Well, thank you. Congrats. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I don't know that I've ever reached out to you before. Hopefully, you'll do it again sometime in the near future, uh, and I'll either have Mark here. Or if you tell me that Mark's too much, we won't have Mark here. Or we'll bring more beer, less beer, more vodka. That's not in the drinks. You know, whatever we need to do, we'll just make it happen. Or you call Mark and Jenna, come hang out in Dallas with us, and we'll We'll let Brian. Well, I won't be here at all. (laughs) I I got a proposition. I'll be back on the show if you can skull that Bud Light you've been milking this whole show. (laughs) 
This one's full. This is two Bud Lights. This is a Yeti cooler. Let me tell you. Well, Mark, you're twice my size. You deserve twice more beer. <laughs> this one had a leak. This had a leak in it. <laughs> he nailed it. I'm not going to say I did it fast, but at least I did it. I haven't chugged a beer in a long time. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, Tara, I, I apologize to you that, that when we saw you at Big Airs, that I didn't go buy you a beer. I didn't have a clue you had fun party. You know, I thought you were a good girl. And, you know. I'm, I'm in train mode again. Well, but you weren't at that moment, were you? So It was the day after training mode. Right, right. But, but again. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, I uh, made the rule that if you knocked over the Jenga, you had to take a shot of somebody else's choosing. And I got a fireball shot at the end of the night, and it actually kind of ruined me the next day. Just that one shot, I hate fireball. Yeah, I don't like it either. No, it really does. Man, I, uh, Josh Demuth at the Red Bull thing that we did. He was there, and I walk up. I was like, Josh, what's up? And he goes, oh, here you go. And I'm like, I didn't want... Oh, fuck. And it was a damn fireball shot that he was about to take, and I took it, and it was the whole next morning. I was just like, just Jack, there's something in it. Maybe a lot of sugar or something in there that just totally messes with you. Or maybe Josh Demon had, like, a fucking fireball with three other things in it, because that's it, another thing Josh Demon It could have been do. a special concoction. If you will. Yes, if you will. If you will. <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you very much. We will not take up any more of your time. We really do appreciate you coming to the show. Great job kicking ass. Um... Next time, we got to have a better after party. I'm just saying it now. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll have plan better next year. Yeah. Have fun out there on the West Coast. We'll chat soon. Hey, and good Thanks. luck. Whatever you're doing. Next. Hey guys. Good luck. Bye. Um, well, Mark, I have to say, that was fun. Dude, she's like my favorite female athlete in the world. So that have was you, awesome. Have you met and chat, chatted with her multiple times before? Just, just over this weekend. Okay. I met her on uh, Friday morning. We chatted for a while, her and Jeff Aaron, because Jeff and I chat a little bit. Right, right. And then we saw her at the Big Air, and we were down there with our friends, you know, next to the ramp. She came over and talked to me about her ride and about what happened with Bolts. Yeah. You know, she's just friendly as can be, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's one of those deals, just like a Jeremy McGrath. If I hadn't have had three or four beers and been, you know, introduced to him from Cameron, I would have never walked up. And been like, hey, I'm Brian. Because at that point, it would have been fanboy. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I feel like a yeah. lot of the times with, with Tara Geiger and some of these guys, I still kind of get that way. Like, it's just they're much better riders than I am. And I kind of still, in the back of my head, just wish that I could be sure. that much better. And, and I, you know, not that they're on pedestals, you know, in that sense, but they're just, they're, you know. They're the epitome of the sport. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's. That's what you get. So that's that's cool when it's it's the other way around sometimes where you're kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to go say hi. You know, but then right. all of a sudden you say hi and they open up and they're totally down to earth, which honestly, 98% of these guys and ladies are that way. Absolutely. You, we, we just always kind of, like Mike Brown, kind of maybe catch him in that moment where he's just either A, before the race, so obviously super focused, or B, after Absolutely. the race, where even if he had a great race, he might still <coughs> just kind of be in that, that mental mode. Where it's kind of tough to you know come down and just be himself, right, right. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, I, the the times that I've uh, met with uh, Tara was the first time was Vegas, uh, 2013, I believe, when we went to Vegas, um, and it was Jolene von Voigt, who right. apparently I freaked out. <laughs> Go figure, me freak out a woman, right? Come right. on now, that's not me. Um, 
And so, like, you could tell that Tara the whole time was kind of like, this guy might be a little weird. But I think she was right. Man, a lot of people think you're a little weird. And you may be, but damn, that's you, dude. And we love it. And then we go have fun with it. So I let's all talk. So let's really quickly talk about your experience at S-Game. You know, I might have some opinions and thoughts and stuff like that, but you got the mechanic for Bolt. So Paul Bolt-On, a lot of guys know him in the hard enduro world. Um, badass dude. Super cool accent. And I'll just say it. His wife is hot. Um, Fire hot. How Absolutely. was that experience, man? And the way that whole thing came together, you know, I'm really good for one of my one of my really close friends is James Ellison, who races British Superbikes. Okay, and uh, he's actually leading the British Superbike standings during the break right now, so he's he's kicking butt. Well, he also off road trains. Well, he ride he went right. He's been riding with Bolts. Well, KTM Auntie couldn't commit to a bike for him to bring to America. So James sent me a message, think you can hook Bolts up with a ride. So I got in touch with Bolts, and he told me he wanted a, a 300 over there. He rides a 300 XC. Okay. So, so uh, th- it, it really took a whole Texas team to put this thing together. I started, you know, when I was an enduro racer and a cross-country rider, I always rode out of Cycle Town South. Right. I called Curtis. The next day, he asked me a 300, oh, a 2015 300. Uh, then Paul calls me and he has 2014 forks. So front axles won't work. The yeah. wheels, you know, this kind of stuff. So, I, oh, cause I, he brought his suspension over. He brought his suspension okay. with him. Exactly. And it was different than what yep. is on the stock bikes. So, uh, at that point I called my buddy Todd Tarver down at SLM and said, man, I need a, an axle and some spacers. And a wheel set. And I need a, I mooses. Need a, yeah. And I need a, I need a red power valve spring, you know? I mean, he wanted to set it up like his bike there. Right. So we got that stuff together. I got it all put together. You know, I put some nice graphics over the side numbers that were already on the bike. Uh, we got ready to go out and ride it to test it. Paul flew in. We put all his stuff on it. We went up to Brian Stories oh. from SMS Racing in Denton, KTM yep. again. Uh, another dealer. We went up there to test on his Enduro Cross Track. Well, we found out real quick that it had a recluse clutch in it. And, and Paul doesn't ride with a recluse, as most of us don't. And uh, I'm going to get some rib over that. But uh, um, I know he does. That's why I said it. Uh, but anyway, so I called Brian over in Denton. We were in Denton. Brian came out, brought me, a, brought us a clutch, and brought us a stock silencer. So now we have his bike exactly like what he rode over there. Wow. Awesome. It took me three KTM dealers all working together. <laughs> You know, thankfully, I've got good rapport with all of them, you know, so it came together as a package. Uh, then we got down to uh, X Games. We uh, thought we had a great package going, practice. He ran a little slower than we expected. He got hung up in the in the uh, rocks a little bit on his uh, qualifying and time. Is that the rocks we're talking about with the turn in it and everything? Exactly, okay. exactly. So he, he had a little trouble there. And the, the kicker we were talking about was Brownie over the tires. Um he was jumping into that, and that was costing him a couple of mm, seconds, yep. you know. So we knew we were close, though. We were only five seconds out in qualifying without a perfect lap, yeah. you know. So we thought we had things going good. We went out for the first heat. Um, he was he's in second. He, he had a bad starting gate. He ended up pulling out of the start about third, got into second. It was a, he had a pretty good – the first place guy had a pretty good lead on him. He was in second, and he had a pretty good lead over Aaron. 
and he came into the rocks on the third lap, I believe it was, and a rock hit the chain guide, mm. knocked it off, and it jammed up so tight in there between the swing arm and the sprocket, we couldn't get it out. So I rolled the bike off. I ran and got tools. I tried and tried to get it off. I wasn't having any luck. And luckily, the KTM guys came over, three or four of them, to try to help me get it going. They couldn't get it out either. It was just jammed in there. Uh, we had a guy named Mitch. Remember Mitch's uh, last name? Uh, uh, no, that's Tyler. Uh, I'd have to look at the numbers to yeah, tell you. It, but, uh, but, but was Mitch was the... What, uh, he was the alternate Topar rider. Racing, I, think. I believe you're right, yeah. yeah. He was the alternate and would have gone in if somebody couldn't have made the qualifiers. But everybody made it, so he didn't get to ride. Well, luckily, he came over and offered us his bike to ride the That's LCQ. Awesome. So we jerked the transponder off of his bike, gave it to him, jerked Paul's off, stuck it down the back of his shirt so he would get scored. He raced to the starting line. Skidded in, somehow from the second row, came out third off the start, in second place, got it got it in the bag, and uh, just had a misfortune in the rocks, and ended up getting third in the LCQ, which uh, doesn't get you to the main. The first two, right? They only yeah. take two, so he didn't get in. We gave it a good effort. And, yeah, that's a hell of a but, good effort. Uh, but, man, we were, uh, we were pretty disappointed, you know. Paul was riding good, you know, uh, just stuff happens and they're yeah. across tough sport so and i think too like somebody like paul bolton or bolts if you will bolts um he is a his main or you know main type of racing is kind of that hard enduro Absolutely. style of racing so obviously Absolutely. much slower i mean they when it opens up they go fast and stuff but you know there's a lot more technical aspects to those types of races where right. coming to x games as we know we've talked with brownie we've talked with uh tara geiger like they, they've even admitted how much faster, how much you know, jumpier these courses are at X Games, these endurocross courses. So for somebody like Paul Bolton, it, it, it's tough to come into that and not have everything go right. Right. You know, it, 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 because right. at that point, he's already he's close to out of his element um, in, in the sense that the tracks, you know, already a little bit jumpier and probably a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. than Somebody like never been know. on a ramp, never right. you know things like that. They, so, they and he jumped it. I would have. Yeah, myself, yeah. And, and and like I said, in, in the qualifying and in practice, he struggled. We had a lot of struggle. We changed tires. We did a lot of things. But once we got into the heats, it was on, man. I mean, yeah. we, he was there. That's cool. You know, I I, I really feel he would have finished top five easily. So, And that was a tough bunch. Oh, that was, yeah. No, the, the quality of athletes was just like you would have it in Endurocross enduro cross series event for sure right. and obviously then too you get a couple extra thrown in the mix like elias sands there, sure. you know and then too even in the enduro cross you wouldn't typically have somebody like a paul bolton um right. you know because of the fact that he does race typically more in the europe uh-huh. european uh, arena so that's awesome that he got a chance to come over here and compete and how long was he over here did his wife and him actually get a chance to kind of hang a little the, bit if you will they actually came to town um about a week about two weeks before x games they went and stayed with Ty Tremaine okay, and his right, family yeah, Nevada, yeah. up in Nevada. And then he flew down to uh, Austin on Monday, the 1st, and then drove up to Dallas to our house. Okay. And stayed with us. We did the bike. We did the riding. We did the testing and everything. And then we drove down to Austin on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. And uh, 
Thursday, of course, it takes all day to register out there. And oh, stuff, I, yeah, you know? I can only it's, imagine. To be such an awesome event, it's not very organized, but you know, it, it's a cool deal. That's but, crazy. Uh, yeah, it really was crazy. But uh, we were a little disappointed, but but Paul was good. You know, he he got a lot of television time. You know, mm-hmm. they were talking about about his uh, coming back from the issues we had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's he's a good kid, and uh, hopefully, you know, somebody around here in America, he he, I think he'd be open to coming over here just to hitting the series if he could get some backing. That would be awesome. That'd be you cool know. to see for sure. Sure, sure. Um, and it seems like you know Endurocross has continuously kind of—I wouldn't say it's skyrocketed, but you can definitely tell that the the series has kind of continuously gotten a little bit bigger. Oh, and the level of aggression from the riders is just way, way. Yeah, you, if you don't been. have an Endurocross track to practice on, oh, you're in trouble. You, you're not. Right. You're not right. going to be one of the top five guys. That's for sure. Right. So it's definitely changed. Well, cool. It, it was. It was neat to have that. Ex- I, I, just being able to see you guys and to be able to see you guys interact in that arena that you were at with Bolts was cool. So I can only imagine actually being uh, was, y'all and having that experience. It was just a blast. You yeah. know, it was one of those once-in-a-lifetime things. I got the opportunity to help somebody out, and I did it. And, you know, we, we've made friends for life. Yeah. You know? That's so. good because his wife is amazingly hot. So <laughs> The best thing about that is she doesn't really know it. She's just that amazingly hot. You know, no, she's like, "Yeah, I'll drink a beer with you." I was like, "Yes, you're this yeah, big." I, ca- I caught that. I caught that. You were pretty excited. <laughs> Don't worry, Jenna. I did not try to grab her boobs. That was only one beer in. It's not going to happen that early. <laughs> He's waiting oh. for Christmas. <laughs> uh, That's my present. That's my present. Ah! It got weird, didn't it? Inside. Okay. Oh my gosh. So let's see here. Seat time needs the push to bring back the Big Sky XC race. I agree. Um, I don't know what time that came through. Let's see if we can push buttons. 11 minutes ago. Man, I bet you nobody's paying attention right now. We've just been yapping our brains off. But, yeah, the Big Sky cross-country race actually kind of went away because of the fact that the two dudes that were putting it on, that was literally their hobby. Um, They put that event on just because they enjoyed doing it. They loved riding there on the trails and... uh, as it came down to it, life kind of got in the way for them in the sense that both of their jobs kind of started to take more priority. They started to get more, you know, kind of bigger roles, if you will, if, if, within their jobs. So, I mean, when it comes down to that, you kind of go, well, this race is fun. We don't really – they literally – I mean, they probably made money, but it wasn't like right. – it wasn't living off of type of money with the families that they had and all that kinds of stuff. And the hours and, are putting in. Right. So – you know, that's kind of why I think that doesn't really exist anymore currently. I know that they would love to be able to do it again one day in the future. Um, I have no idea what it would take for somebody to step up and, and, to, right. and to maybe take it over to put it on again. And, and maybe there was kind of also some – I have no idea how the, the resort felt about it. It seemed like they were totally on board. But maybe there was a little bit of resistance. And so with the life stuff that kind of went on, maybe they were just like, you know what? It's a good time to just bow out gracefully. We've had a great time doing it. I do think, in that statement, though, I do think we need another national championship. Um, now, is the GNCC series, now that it's an AMA series again, is that an off-road national championship? I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I, it, it seems that Yeah, I don't know. You know it, it seemed weird that, it, though I rode the event and thought the terrain was awesome and it lewd well to be a national championship style event um you know was big sky one off random event 
worth that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but I do like the idea because we have all these court, you know, we have all these West Coast events, we have all these East Coast events, we have a handful of stuff that goes on in the Central Coast, but we're, we're really centralized to or stuck to the two coasts. So th- what that event really tried to do was bring those coasts sure. together to bring all those people in to kind of find that national champion there. And I like that. Uh, but if we can't do something like that, what about some form of a point series? You know, it's kind of like if you're, you follow these, you know, you have to do at least one of this event, of each series, of these series, one event of each series to get points into some kind of national championship bucket. Right, right. You know? That's deep thinking, man. Stop it. It's because she made me... Did she say skunk that beer? Did she say skunk? What? I mean, that's why I was like, does she mean chuck the beer? Is she cool or what? I'm in. I'm in. Don't call my wife. Mine's right here. She knows I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't got no pants on for a reason. She is hot. Mm. Mm. That's such a good time. Well, while, while, while I got a second here, let me show you my shirt, too. Mark Nemi is a wonderful motorcycle artist. If you go look for his page, Mark Nemi Fine Arts, he's got beautiful prints, he's got t-shirts, he's got coffee mugs, and everything is just amazing. He makes all the hand trophies for Colin Edwards Boot Camp, Ooh. for the Dirt Wars Champion, yep. every, every one. It's a, luckily, I have been lucky enough to get one of those. I have one on my wall at home. But, I uh, like how it has a, 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 a detached reservoir so that you can have more dampening. This one's called Head, head Shock. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But he's an amazing artist. Everybody check him out on Facebook. Have a good time with the arts. Absolutely. Buy prints. Buy stuff. I like the body, uh, the body pictures the best. What is it? Square. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> uh. He's also a very fast road racer and a great flat tracker too. So, you know, he's he's in the sport and uh, I love the guy, man. I just wanted to show off my shirt for a minute. There you go. That's mine too. I've got some uh, handcrafted in McKinney, Texas. It's a beer shirt. Go figure. Well, all right. Well, seat time. Obviously, as we like to do, we're like, well, it'll be an hour show. It's an hour and twenty four minutes. So we're gonna call it an evening. But Mark. Thank you very much for coming and being Man, on the show. My pleasure. That was so you much know, fun chatting with those those fine folks. Absolutely on, on it, the internet. And it was fun because we both got to talk to them all weekend too. So mm-hmm. we knew, you know, it was mm-hmm. fun. fun. And I was I was actually there at the Jenga games that uh, that Tara was talking about, and it was intense. It was very intense. Luckily enough, I didn't actually play because that would have mean I would have had to do a shot because I suck at band sized Jenga because it was like you know the big two by four right, Jenga right, boards. Right. Um, but no, and I also saw the vapor shot she was talking about, and that just like phew, mind blown. Like, I might have lost on purpose just take a shot like, with her. That was like <laughs> science. Was I was like, I'm watching science right now, and it's weird. And no, that's not going in my mouth. Just negative to that in my mouth. It's that's just funny. Nobody needs that on a Friday night. Saturday night, mm. eh, I'll put some weird shit in my mouth. Saturday Friday night was after Metallica. No. Yeah. Boy, they rock, dude. Oh, I bet, dude. Man, they did, uh, did the bass player do his like little bass crawl where he like plays bass and like crawls. Like, oh, of course he did. Of course. Badass motherfucker. There were 70,000 people sold out. Amazing concert. 
That's ridiculous. Ridiculously awesome. All right, so thank you very much for watching episode 169 of Seat Time. Again, I am Brian Pierce, your host for this fine evening. And then Mr. Mark McDonald over here being our co-host. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, X Games was awesome. If anybody is thinking about coming next year, do it, do it, do it. Reach out to us here at Seat Time. Obviously, Mark McDonald might be able to find you a motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> Give me a call, make, man. I'm we open. can make shit happen. That's so right, uh, right. definitely, we're, we're down for a good time next year. As it stands, will be the last year on the three-year contract for X Games being in Austin, Texas. What I do foresee happening is one hell of a blowout from seat time. We will either find a way to partner up with some big-ass conglomerate like Monster Energy or Red Bull, make some shit go down, um, but we want to make sure we have a good time and send everybody off in the proper fashion um, and thank them for coming and enjoying a good time in our glorious state. We do have fun here, I think. I think between now and next year's X Games, you should... Uh Start promoting and selling seat time umbrellas. An umbrella was worth its weight in gold. <laughs> it was hotter than it's like, hell. It's, it's, I mean, Mary Poppins saying. was down there next to every single rider. Everybody's just like, oh. oh my God, this is so hot. And Except like, for the dumb guy that had two in his garage and didn't take them. And I'm yeah. the guy that forgot his ticket sunscreen, so shut up with your umbrellas. Okay. Gosh. Rub not, it in again. I'm marketing still sunburnt, man. I'm selling for you. Still sunburnt. So, Seat Time, you can find us. SeatTime.co is the website that is where we archive all of the shows and, of course, a lot of other fun shenanigans that go on there. We will have a photo epic up later in the week from X Games, so make sure you keep checking back to the site. I am going to say that most likely Thursday, probably Friday, is when that's going to get posted because, unfortunately, I've got to work my real job and get all that shit done. So, check back at least by Friday to look for the photo epic from X Games on the website, SeatTime.co. Of course, we are on Facebook, Facebook.com slash SeatTime. We're on Twitter. It's at C-Time underscore C-O. At C-Time was taking those sons of bitches. <laughs> and we're on Instagram, at C-Time. You can find us on all the fun social networks. Um, so YouTube's a good place to subscribe to us. You can find out about the live events. And, of course, when we put up our videos, those are great. If you are just audio only and don't care about how sexy this motherfucker is, you can find us on iTunes and, of course, Stitcher. And I found Pod Directory, which is new to me. We just got uh, added to Pod Directory, so you can find Seat Time on Pod Directory as well. Thank you again to Fly Racing, Kinda Tires, and Stillwell Performance for their support of Seat Time. I am Brian Pierce. This is Mark McDonald, and we are out of episode 169. Always a giant, a pint full of awesome. You rock, Brian. <laughs>